When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour two of the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Travion Berkland. This is our final show of the week. We're off tomorrow with the Royals playing just after 3 o'clock in San Fran. The Batcats will follow. No K-State baseball tonight due to rain in Austin. They're visiting the Texas Longhorns. And uh, so now they're going to play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That forecast isn't all that much better tomorrow, but they're hopeful yeah. that it will clear out by game time tomorrow evening. Have they announced game time? I know they're trying to work on that. Yeah, I I think tomorrow evening is probably going to be their best window yeah. for being able to play tomorrow and then hope that the rest of the weekend holds up pretty well. Give me a moment here. Let me double-check what the L forecast looks like. Because I know the uh, the release Jordan put out earlier today said just officially they're moving the series yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but there's no first pitch times. So. Yeah, there's 88% chance of rain through the day tomorrow, and they're talking up to a half an inch possible during the day. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, though, sunshine returns in 70-degree days. So, uh, you know, it, it will be a nice enough weekend. It's just that uh, tomorrow's going to be a bit messy uh, with that rain moving out through the evening. Maybe a bit of a perk for living in a big city, because here in Manhattan, we just get you know 80% chance of rain. In Austin, you get 88% chance of rain. We don't get those fancy percentages. Right? Something like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if I can mention wrestling for just a moment. Um, some hilarity took place last night on AEW. Phenomenal episode of dynamite last night mjf day was hilarious and a, and a very good time uh i just want to say uh aew delivered not one not two but three gut punches to wwe without even mentioning wwe and it was fantastic um aew signed at the finish line the highest free agent in wrestling and wwe was supposed to sign him wrestlemania weekend backs out signs last minute with AEW. Oh. And he debuted last night. That was sweet. That kicked off the show. They bookended at the very end with a tag team of FTR. And typically when like a person or a tag team is on their way out of a company, their their contract is going to expire and they're not going to re-sign. They have like a loser leaves town type of match. It's a very old school thing to do. It's been tradition for a very long time. Well, that was going to take place with that specific tag team, everybody thought they were out and going to head back to WWE. Well, they won their match. 
So that was a nice little curveball. Okay. So, so Tony Khan put them over, so they're sticking around, so, and so, they have re-signed. So that would be two for two right there for AEW. And that, and if they would have left AEW, they would have been the hottest tag team on the free agent market because they're the, probably the most uh, popular tag team in, in the world. And then wrestling fans have been begging WWE to have uh, a pay-per-view in London, England because they have not done one since 1992. And it was a SummerSlam at Wembley. And Tony Khan announced last night that they're going to put on a pay-per-view this August at Wembley Stadium. That is a case of having an in to begin with, of course, You're with exactly right. the Jaguars. You're exactly right, because the Jaguars have played at Wembley Stadium, I believe, eight times. And have it in their contract they play once a year. Right. They did not play, they did not play at Wembley last year. Uh, they played at Tottenham. What, and I was thinking, you know... WWE's been doing stadium shows for a long time now with the WrestleManias, and now they've jumped into other big pay-per-views in stadiums like SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Now every year they're in big stadiums. Royal Rumble or uh, the SummerSlam was at uh, where the Titans play in Nashville. Nissan Stadium. Nissan, thank you. Um, And AEW has not done a big show like that other than their annual show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a tennis stadium. It right. still holds, you know, over I think well, a ton of people. I think they put in over twenty thousand. But Wembley Stadium, I even thought I was like Tony Khan, you might be in over your head on this one. <laughs> I mean, Tottenham holds, and it's right there in London. Tottenham holds over sixty thousand, mm-hmm. and I think maybe you could get lucky. I mean, you have to put together an insane card to fill up Wembley because that's a ninety thousand seater. Woof. I, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I think Tony the O2 Arena. They could have definitely done something there and sell it out. You know, fill up a twenty thousand seat arena, ninety thousand. Uh, Tony, I love you. By the way, I know I, I you know I, I'm not a believer in Vince McMahon anymore, and I think the reason these individuals decided to go AEW is because Vince McMahon is back in charge. Uh, because wow. I think what happened there with Endeavor the company that runs UFC and now they've purchased 51% of the WWE stock is I think they agreed to that investment because maybe Vince McMahon who had built that empire and is probably one of the best marketing empires in the entire world said, all right, I'll be in charge. I've done this. I've proved myself over the last 30 years. I'll be in charge. Here's, here's what really is from a completely outside viewpoint just bugs the hell out of me. Vince McMahon and Dana White, both, are getting by with horrendous treatment of women. Yeah. They both, and nobody is holding them to task for it. Oh, I mean, the like the wrestlers are... are the wrestlers I, I do are, not believe they are very happy right now. But I'm talking in terms of the business marketplace. No, they come out smelling like a rose with this Endeavor deal. Oh, that hacks me off. Somebody even asked Vince McMahon, are you selling just because of these scandals? And he said, no, it's just like he kept saying, like, it's the right time to do this stuff. Sure thing, Errol Flynn. Yeah. I think the scandal has a little bit to do with it. But again, he also left WWE because of the scandals. And now he's back. Right. So this is that was that was a reaction of, all right, we're going to let this blow over, and I'm going to come back, sell my 51% of my shares, so I'm no longer, you know, 
you know, the the head, you know, the, what am I trying to say? Like the lead investor, because it's stock market, right? So mm-hmm. I guess, would that be the right thing to that say? That would be it, yeah. Like he's the lead stockholder. The, the principal owner. Yeah, principal owner. So he's no longer that. But he's also basically running still the entire company, along with a, a Nick Khan, who's not related to Tony Khan, who's the president. And they've been in cahoots for now five years or so. Disgusting. Yeah, and... Meanwhile, while I say all that, I still have stock in WWE, and it's it's looking actually pretty good right now. Dude, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That's, so it's it's uh, triple digits for the first time ever. Yeah. All right, uh, now I know where to start protesting. <laughs> but I'm not watching it. Uh, That's my protest. Okay, but mm-hmm. as long as it keeps making me money. Yeah. Right. You know, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, there there was a video going viral of Seth Rollins who was in the ring. And this is very classic Vince the last five years, where he'll change plans of where that, like, he was going to do a promo. He, he completely changed plans of what that promo was while Seth Rollins was in the ring during a commercial break. Had a producer come over to him while the lights were down, and Seth was throwing a fit. He was very unhappy because I believe somebody was about to make their debut and a dream come true for a certain individual. And Vince was like, not going to happen. Back on the shelf. Oh. That that would be very hard to take. Especially oh. when it's your dream to yes. make that debut. It's the Raw after WrestleMania. It's the biggest event of uh-huh. the year other than Mania. Uh-huh. And right before you're you're in gorilla position about to go out, Vince is like, Nope. Changed my mind. Awful. And poor Cody Rhodes. All right. Uh let, let's get back on track here. Travis Kelsey is now involved in something that I think is genius. This is a this was announced two days ago. I didn't learn about it until today, but this is, I think, a phenomenal idea. And more businesses that it's in the entertainment, you know, entertainment business need to follow suit in some way. Because when it comes to the NFL draft that's, you know, this month in Kansas City at Union Station, which is the 27th, 28th, and 29th, there are going to be a whole bunch of tourists in town. They're going to be looking for something to do at night. Travis Kelsey is starting the Kelsey Jam, which is a draft weekend 2023 music festival. First of all, as a, a major music fan, and maybe run this by Trey, a show that starts, I should say the door is open at 6 o'clock. At night, is that a festival to you? Not really. Yeah, me neither. That's kind of just like <laughs> when the opening act starts and then... It's know. a concert. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a concert. Yeah. The festival starts at 11 a.m. Or like... Um, or at doors the, open 11. At the Azura in the past when they've done like Flyover Fest and stuff, which is like more of the rap festival that they've had. They haven't had it the last two years because of COVID and they haven't brought it back, but um, it would start at like one o'clock and then it would end... At 11, or if you're Post Malone, you wouldn't come out till midnight. Kelsey Jam will feature, and this is at Azura Amphitheater. We know it. I know it is Sandstone. It's my favorite venue. Um, it's going to feature Machine Gun Kelly, Rick Ross, Loud Luxury, and Tech Nine. So, not exactly my cup of tea. It's it's weirdly all over the place. For like what it is, because I don't feel like you know a traditional Chiefs audience is going to be into a lot of that. Well, 
Tech Nine is. I feel like the only reason MGK's there is because he's in good with Tech Nine. Yeah. He probably asked him to do it. Oh yeah. You know, I could see Tech Nine certainly organizing this kind of thing. Right. I doubt. You know, Travis Kelsey. It's not like he start texting people. I highly doubt that's what took place. (laughs) People are talking to people. And I think it's really cool Tech Nine is involved. I've seen him live, and that was pretty sweet. I'm not a fan of Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, that's the thing. He's the main guy, and I don't think a Chiefs audience well, wants to see M- MGK. The thing is, like, I suppose, like, the NFL draft audience is a bit younger than what you would think. I think it's people of all ages. But there, right. there are quite a bit of young people that will go check that out. And a lot of young people will, that'll have the energy to go travel to something like this is there a lot of young teenage girls though because that's mainly mgk's is it yeah the thing (laughs) is like this will draw like the draft will draw mostly males i I, there'll be i think a decent female following but it'll be mostly males but it's also a lot of tourists coming in that are going to start spending money right and azura amphitheater now has one of the stars of the kansas city chiefs out there on stage the Friday, the same day as day two of the draft. And the thing is, like, after day one, when you get into day two and day three, when the thing gets a little bit later, it gets boring. You're not as interested as much. You'll go check it out for a while, and then you're looking for something else to do. Here's the other thing to remember, and and you bring up a great point about it not being the Chiefs crowd typical. You have to remember who's in town for the NFL draft. It's the athletes and the agents. It's... From other teams, it's I mean, it, it's a big to-do, and that is going to draw a pretty good crowd of people that aren't Kansas City-centric, I've got a feeling. And that's what I was saying earlier about why aren't more people in Kansas City trying to have shows or have big parties and, and you know promote those parties and try to bring some of these athletes or famous people that are in town for the draft and have them come to their place or have more concerts. I've only seen one other concert taking place that weekend in Kansas City for the for the draft. And I'm like, what on earth are you doing? I mean, Azura will draw like 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is people just aren't fully cognizant of what they could be doing surrounding the draft. I think that they look at it as, well, it's locked into this area and you're within, that's where everything's going to go on. But you're and with, that's not a good way to look at it. You're within walking distance of mm-hmm. downtown Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of music venues down there. Absolutely. And a bunch of party venues. And I think, you know, if you're not interested in that Machine Gun Kelly concert, everybody will probably just go to Power and Light. But there's also venues outside of Power and Light that could be benefiting greatly mm-hmm. off of this extra revenue in town. And I think people just, I don't know why, just a lot of businesses like miss out on these events. Like sometimes just don't pay attention. Like I've ran into too many sports bars that didn't realize, like, for example, when I was in Greensboro, North Carolina, that had no idea the NCAA tournament was going on. I'm like, how do you miss out on these kind of opportunities? Right. Right. That (sighs) – one of the things – and going back to the Big 12 tournament even, 
and the discussions we had about where the media was posted during the tournament. And someone took Kellis Robinette to task because of his comments on Twitter regarding that location. Well, you know, no one cares about the reporting anyway or the storylines. That's a big problem because it used to be that you would get a tournament like that in play. The newspaper was a great great place to start in terms of getting a feel for all of the teams that were in your tournament. We continue to see folks move away from those local news outlets and in the process aren't paying as much attention to what is going on downtown or in the area. That's sad. And I, I hope Travis Kelsey does it more than just this year. Mm-hmm. Just because the draft is in town, you could still have a festival or a, an annual event, and it's going to draw people. I hope Travis Kelsey understands that. I don't. I don't know if he's making any money or if he's just being paid a, a you know a sum of money to appear, or if he's actually making profit on it off of an investment. I don't know how that's working, but music festivals or giant concerts are a cash cow mm-hmm. and can make absolute bank if you do it right. Right. In Kansas City, and really just in the area, I feel like the music festivals are disappearing. They are. They really, really are. They used to have the beach ball buzz or whatever that was, and they used to have flyover, and they haven't done it in so long since the pandemic, and it's we've been missing that kind of thing like that because it's, I don't know. Well, I let me, let me uh, maybe I could, I think this is maybe a better line here. The the the, music, the the festivals that have recognizable names right. or like one big name and then you have the undercard, those are going away. Rockfest, for for an example, was mm-hmm. a, oh, okay. a festival in Kansas City that lasted over t- 25 years and hasn't been around in the last few years. I think the pandemic was a big mm-hmm. part of that. Right. But that was a one-day deal that started at 11 a.m. and would draw 55,000 people. Wow. Li- at, at the Liberty Memorial. Yeah. Really? And that was actually a place you could, you know, they charge five bucks a beer because it's a park uh, law. Mm-hmm. If you're having a festival in a park or some event, you can't charge more than five bucks for a drink. And I miss it. That was a, that was a really good time. Uh, even though they, boy, they really struggle with sound once in a while at that festival. How much, though, of that is also just the financial aspect of putting on an event like that and the headaches yeah. that go into I'm sure. it? And, but yeah. they were doing it for so long. I'm oh, sure yeah. they had it down. Country Stampede. I mean, Manhattan missing country, not having Country Stampede anymore. I'm sure some businesses really miss it. Oh gosh, yes. I'm sure they do. But I've even been checking out like Country Stampede. Like when it comes to the standards of like the name, the big name artists that are bringing in. Like I think that's really fallen in the last few years. Like I looked at this year's lineup, and boy, like if I was doing a country music festival, I would always make sure I had like a classic artist. That came through, like somebody maybe really famous in the '90s. Do they still do through. multiple days with it too? Yeah, it's three. Mm-hmm. But I think the the main headliner is Cody Johnson, and I, I've heard of him. I don't know any song. And then the next biggest headliner is Hardy, right? And Hardy is like rap country. <laughs> it's bad. I think that's really bad. I I would have to ask a country fan, like if you look at Country Stampede's lineup this year. Is it a good lineup? I mean, if you're at least going to go with the rap country va- aspect of it, get Jelly Roll. That guy. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe he has a show at the T Mobile Center. I couldn't I he's Guys, not gonna... he won award multiple awards last weekend. That's a th- at the yes, CMT and we play him on oh. K Rock. Like that guy his his 
he's confusing. I don't know if he is country or rock half the time. He he dips everywhere. But you know, you know at the CMTs, we also had um, Gwen Stefani perform "Just a Girl." Well, with a country artist, but yeah, that that's who she's dating. I mean, come well, on. Okay, well, good point. Okay, my good point. Blake Shelton married actually. Um, God, that guy's lucky. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into a topic I think Troy uh, is going to have fun with uh, because that's has to do with the Pac-12 and still no TV rights deal. Next. <laughs> When's the last time you Googled your own name? Been a long time. I just did mine uh, for the first time in a while. It's good to see everything that pops up now is me. Used to not be that way. I will say one of the first pictures that popped up is of Marquise Noel. (laughs) I'm like, great. I'm being confused with another K-State point guard. (laughs) Because it used to be Angel Rodriguez. Now it's Marquise uh, Noel. I know we look a lot alike. Mine got a little tedious because of all the mentions that were tied to game notes over the years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Broadcast on. Uh, Marquise has a way better beard than I do. Way better, better beard. 537-1350 uh, is the number. Still number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything coming up. Uh, this is our last show of the week. We're off tomorrow for uh, the Royals and Bad Cats. A little doubleheader action for you here on KMAN. All right, so we got our latest update from Stuart Mandel. He's from the Athletic. You might better know him. You might know him better as uh, the mouthpiece for the Pac-12 and media releases and getting some info out there about the latest negotiations about the TV deal they're trying to lock up and they're way behind on. And um, so we have our next uh, piece of info. The thing is, nothing has really changed. Pac-12 update from Stuart Mandeli says, The timeline for a, a deal is now, quote, late spring, <laughs> early summer. <laughs> According to a person with knowledge of the discussion, several Pac-12 presidents had uh, recently said a deal was imminent. The source said those comments were very op- uh, overly optimistic. And I believe in an article he's it also quoted... Is it George Kleakov, Kleakov, however you say his name? Kleakov. Basically saying, listen, Oregon, Washington, they're not going anywhere. Corner schools, not going anywhere. It's just, this was just basically an update saying, if I could put it simply, um, we're still getting low-balled like crazy. Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't like it. So... We're getting closer and closer to that deadline when it comes to the negotiation deadline with ESPN and Fox, which is coming up in August. Uh, And, God, we hope that we get it done by then. How would you like to be the Pac-12 and have the potential of winding up with the only deal that you have in front of you being your own network that you can't get distribution on anywhere for the most part? How absolutely disastrous that would be. Because they've already fallen behind by how many dollars in the marketing aspect in terms of what the SEC and the Big Ten and even the Big 12 have. We've seen what those deficit numbers have been running in terms of the three other conferences 
for a long time. And it's just going to get worse if they don't figure something out. Uh, I did read in passing this week that apparently Apple has begged off of a streaming deal now. I had heard that too. Oops. Well, that stinks. I was going to say, right now, that probably doesn't sound too bad. Um, Well, here's apparently what played out. Apple's looking at their MLS numbers, and they're finding out that people aren't watching the MLS matches the way that they thought, at least early, it would be. So that kind of soured Apple real quick on the idea of (laughs) streaming sports. If they can't sell soccer, how are you going to sell Pac-12 football? Or basketball or uh-huh. anything. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, not getting the return on investment they thought they would no. get. No. No. This is where, by the way, I hate what is happening with regional sports networks. I absolutely hate it. Because they do offer a product that the fans want. But the problem is, is that the that the financial aspect of it is so out of whack skewed that they can't make it in the in the business. And now you're getting to the point where it's affecting something like the Pac-12. the The marketplace is in reality shrinking. For all of the excitement that is out there for our games. I mean, college football, college basketball, you talked about women's basketball with Jeff Mitty last hour and how that's through the roof right now. For all of that excitement, for there to be next to no interest because they don't have any windows that are attractive to the networks, and the networks themselves are starting to look at things and go, okay, uh, we're getting a little squeezed now with what we're paying out. ESPN comes to mind. It's going to be very interesting over the next few years to see what the fallout is. I still say that if you're able to get an over-the-air component behind you, that makes a huge difference. The Big Ten has it. The SEC will have it for football season, likely not for much in basketball, because ESPN's going to want to hoard all that programming for itself and not spin it off to ABC. Even though... A big part of the reason why things played the way they did this weekend on the women's game in terms of ratings, it was available over the air. It was on ABC for the first time since the mid-90s that it was available on over-the-air television. They had double the ratings because they were on an actual over-the-air network. That still makes a difference. For all of the talk about, and, and this is highly inside baseball, for all of the talk about Fox News being the most watched news, NBC, CBS, ABC still outdo it. Fox News is the most watched on cable. Cable. But the over-the-air networks are still the king. 
even without the programming that they've had in the past. They're still the king in terms of eyeballs. And that plays out in sports as well. It's why we want those games on Fox or ESP, or excuse me, on Fox or ABC or on CBS or on NBC. You want the most eyeballs seeing you. That's why those spots are the most valuable. By the way, do you, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but the women's bas- K-State women's basketball game where they played at Washington, yes, I believe that when that was broadcasted, WNIT game, I think that was just on Washington's website. Yes. Am I, am I right about that? You are correct. I thought that was very odd. That was a matter of who had rights and yeah. who was going to pay what. Uh, you know, that's... The interesting little spin there is, though, you also have an entity in the WNIT that ended with KU winning, and that's the end of the line for the folks at Triple Crown Sports running it. The NCAA is purchasing the WNIT from Triple Crown now to run going forward. It's much like the men's NIT. It's now going to be under the NCAA's auspices. So Triple Crown this year did some things that were a little off their norm in terms okay. of the tournament, uh, trying to make a little more here and there. And I wonder if that didn't play into some of that, that it was going to cost a certain amount of money and nobody found it feasible. So what do you think George Klykov, Klykov, Klykov is trying to do right now? Save his ass. Second. But how? <laughs> but how? Because it's been negotiations, have negotiations for months now. Is it just are you tr- trying to add a couple of schools to try to to try to you know boost your stock a little bit? First one out of the box should be San Diego State after what took place in the basketball. Plus, you've got a football program at least that could give you back Southern California, despite the loss of USC and UCLA. Not that it would matter a tremendous amount, but it would be something. Um, it's really the only something available. It really is. Fresno State's not a marketplace that they really, really have an interest in. Uh, that that's that that's just not their game. Um, and for it to be one of the Cal State schools, though San Diego State would fall in that area, there's the difference between Fresno and San Diego. Let's be perfectly honest there. That's a night and day difference. There is a, if there is to be any addition, that one comes to mind. And do they make a big move and try and land something like UNLV? Even though UNLV has been a lackluster product in basketball of late and football has been a disaster, you still are at least getting the Vegas market. Let me let me let me pick your brain on this. If BYU is actually available right now, oh boy, as an independent, they would be they would be working exceptionally hard to get them in. George Klykov would be in Palo Alto, in Utah, Berkeley, be damned on his knees. Utah, be damned. Honestly, Utah would be trying to block it. Yes, in Salt Lake City. Yes. Utah would be trying to block it with every ounce of meat that they have. And it would be funny to see how the legislators would fall in line on one side or the other in Utah regarding that if it was actually playing out. Because I know that there is a lot of bad blood there. 
a lot of bad blood from when Utah went to the pack and BYU was left behind. So does the deal get done before early August? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, because there is no reason for ESPN to make a move. There is no reason for Fox to make a move. Nothing on the marketplace right now that that interests them in the Pac-12. Is the ball now in Brett Yormark's court to go go get some go get some schools? I think it's in his court, but I don't think it's a bad thing to maybe sit a little. Let him sweat. Let him think. I love Mark Harlan out at the University of Utah. Mark's a friend going way back. But he and your Mark do not get along, apparently, mm-hmm. judging from the comments back and forth that have gone on on social media. And Mark has been very staunch in his support of remaining Pac-12. I'm curious what that feeling would be after maybe another three or four weeks of no movement. Well, let's give it another month and we'll get another update from Stuart Mandel and we can continue this conversation (laughs) another day. Apparently. Let's take a break. Number one song of the day after a short break on the game. From 1988, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car by Billy Ocean. Two weeks. My senior year in high school was a weird time. (laughs) I'm just going to get through this uh, two weeks at number one. I'm just going to get through this first info real quickly here because I think we need to have an important conversation. Uh, He's from London, England. He was born in Trinidad and Tobago. British R&B singer-songwriter, big in the early to mid-80s. Uh, you know, he was big first in the UK. Mm-hmm. Took a little time to catch on the old US, but he got there. His award said he's been he's he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or anything, but in 2002, University of Westminster in uh, London awarded him an honorary doctorate. Uh, Paul McCartney gave him an award, a companion award from the Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts in uh, 2011. 11 studio albums, 12 top 40 hits, his third of three number ones, and it's from his seventh studio album, Tear Down These Walls. All right, so let's just get into it. Is this song creepy? 
I have always thought so, yes. I don't know. Not for anything other than just like whenever I've thought about the song, I'm like, interesting. <laughs> well, before Troy answers, let me give you this piece of, piece of info. So this song is based on a line of lyrics from the song You're 16 by Sherman Brothers, by the Sherman Brothers. And I like that song, but I still think it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I never have really gone in depth with the lyrics of this song to think about it that deep. It's Even the, like the music video is weird. Yeah. But remember, I didn't have cable until I got to college. You didn't watch Friday Night Videos? I did, but tended to fast forward between songs I didn't want to see, per se. I wasn't big on this song, no. The delivery, I think the delivery of the song, the way Billy Ocean sings, the beat. I mean, the, the, the chorus is very catchy. It can, it, it, I mean, it sounds like a pickup line, yes. Sure corny it's not something to you know get all angry about or anything but it's just something that's always popped in my mind i was like if you said that in any context outside of this if you put it in real life (laughs) not in you know you know music video that has a bunch of cartoon characters in it in the era of me too it's a bad look yes It, it, it just to me it is all around very weird yes the music video is very weird. Weird. Travion is absolutely right. Unless it's karaoke, delivering that line is creepy. Yeah. Very stalkerish. <laughs> uh, on top of that, uh, want to give a shout out to the producer of this song, Mutt Lang. Oh yes, Mutt Lang is legendary because. He was huge in the 80s as a producer, produced music for ACDC, Def Lep, Foreigner, The Cars, Brian Adams, so many others. Big time, big time guy. Um, This song, okay, so how about this stat? This is very interesting. So, did you know all three of Billy Ocean's number one hits all had eight words in the lyrics? In the uh, title? Or in the title. Isn't, Isn't that... That's that's pretty interesting, right? Like, first of all, not many songs have Holy that many crap. words in the uh, in the titles. Because if you think about the third of the group, there'll be sad songs. You think that it cuts off right there, but no, the full title is "There'll be sad songs to make you cry." Let's see. Uh, yes, that is correct. Correct. The other one was Caribbean Queen, which I'm, I've always thought he's he's saying Caribou Queen. Oh boy, but that's what it sounds like he's saying Caribou Queen. Not Caribbean Queen. <laughs> Not even Caribbean Queen. It sounds like he's saying Caribou Queen. But it's Cari- Caribbean Queen. No more love on the run. Yeah, you forget about Eight the, words. Yeah, yeah, you forget about that part of it as well. Yeah. Caribbean Queen is such a Billy Jean ripoff. <laughs> when we, we you when you break it down instrumentally. It is. I'm trying to play it out my head. Like a Virgin by Madonna is too, if you listen to it. But man, that guitar. Yeah, that's exactly the same. Caribbean Queen. 
It's the same. Billie Jean has that too. Down, down, down. Now I gotta go back and listen to it. <laughs> You're gonna be I don't listening know, to Billy Ocean all night now. I think Trey. Well, I love, I love Caribbean Queen. I think that's by far his best song. I think it's way better than this. It's, oh, yeah. it's a better song because it it sounds like Billy Jean. First of all, I think <laughs> wow. you're really biased here, Trey. Okay. Speaking, oh, speak. I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Uh, speaking of Zura Amphitheater, we brought it up in the first or, uh, the first segment of this hour, Kelsey Jam, which is a concert that Travis Kelsey is going to be hosting with Machine Gun Kelly, Rick Ross, Loud Luxury, and Tech Nine. Uh, let's see here. There is going to be a Jackson performing there. Uh, Paris Jackson is going to be performing in this summer. Of, yep, before Incubus. There you go. Yeah, bad and Bad Flower. Yep. Yeah, I don't care about Bad Flower. Incubus. I've seen Incubus. They're pretty good. I saw them at Louder Than Life next last year, so I'm going to go to see Paris and then leave. I'll be honest with you. So, like, Sandstone. Like we mentioned it earlier. Like I love that venue. I think I do it, too. It, it, it's it's probably the best place in the Kansas City area to go see a show that has like a solid lineup like definitely one two three it draws some really good shows like I wish that. I wish bigger bands would perform there rather than yeah. T-Mobile sometimes but but I'll be honest like I'm not too impressed with the concert that, that they have announced so far like the ones I would think about going to gonna be front row for Weezer because I love Weezer a lot. Looking yeah. forward to that. See, but do you like the lineup? Weezer, Modest Mouse, and Mama? I don't know the last band you said. Modest Mouse, I know like two songs by. So Let's I'm not like here. ecstatic. But Like Fall Out Boys performing there, and I know they're big. Yeah. But yeah. like... The, Their the new song's really good, though. Band's opening up for them is not that great. I saw Mudvayne is going to be playing there. That's got a decent lineup. Now... I actually, I want to take my dad to the Rob Zombie Alice Cooper concert because my dad is actually like low-key a big Rob Zombie fan. Oh, wow. and I'm pretty sure he likes Alice Cooper as well. He's always loved like just, you know, the sound of Rob Zombie, like Living Dead Girl. He's always been fast. I think, but the thing is, it's Friday, September 15th. So it's the day of a Manhattan High football game. Uh-huh. Cats would play tomorrow, or play the next day. And I think that's in Columbia, Missouri. So maybe I'll just, you know, skip the game and have Troy, you know, do, call the Manhattan High football game. And- <laughs> Whenever I miss a game, I feel extremely bad about it. I hear you. I I know that there will be a time in November where I get to make a heck of a down, dance coming up because of a niece's wedding. Do we get to uh, squeeze in a uh, quick question here, I can Trey? squeeze in one question. Probably. All right. you got to see Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper, though. They're probably two of the best showmen in rock right now. Yeah, I've seen them both live multiple times. I saw Alice Cooper open for Motley Crue. Oh, nice. They're going to do that again. Have you heard all the recent Motley Crue drama, by the way? That Vince Neil might leave? Not Vince Neil. I've I've been hearing all kinds of Mick Mars stuff. Well, Mick Mars is not with the band anymore. Yes, but he's suing Motley Crue because he didn't initially... They're trying to out him as a member of Motley Crue. Well, it's been 30 years since there's been any turmoil, really, so it's <laughs> it's past due. And he's making accusations that everybody is playing and singing the tracks and not being completely honest okay. in their performances. Well, I, I mean, love come Mick on. Mars. I love Mick Mars, but Vince Neil is. You, you think he's singing to tracks that are not being played live? Is that what you're saying? That's what he's saying. But he's only bringing this up because they say like they're trying to out him as a member. Because of the whole thing, he was retiring and everything, but they're saying yeah. he's incognitive and 
um, wow. doesn't play on stage well himself, but he's like saying, well, you guys, you don't play your bass and he doesn't sing. And sometimes Tommy doesn't play all the drums and everything. So hmm. that's the reasoning. But listen, just because their canes are in the way. <laughs> I'm surprised Nick Mars doesn't use one. He maybe does behind the scenes, but probably a walker. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite um, team game to play real fast? Team game? Yes. Red Rover. Okay. I'm still a big baseball guy. Always work dodgeball. Dodgeball is wow. the correct answer. All right. We're done for the week. We got baseball doubleheader tomorrow for Trey. Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.